good evening, everyone, and welcome to No Sleep on the CWR Network. How's everybody doing tonight? A-OK. We're good. Excellent. Good. Good. I hope everybody had a good weekend and y'all are ready to dive into today. Um, I know last week we talked about religion, and then uh, this week um, with... Uh, you know, National Coming Out Day tomorrow being on the 11th, it seemed kind of fitting that we talked um, about millennials and sexuality because millennials are kind of thought about and perceived to be overly sexual. And so I wanted to kind of discuss that, and someone had an idea to talk about it, and I thought it was great. And so I wanted to kind of kick off the conversation and ask you guys what you – if you feel that millennials are more sexually expressive than previous generations? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by sexually expressive? Um, I feel like, me, I feel like millennials were kind of more open about it, about talking about, you know, sexuality um, in general. Um, And so I just wanted to kind of see... If you guys kind of felt the same way. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I definitely, definitely agree like, with that. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I go ahead, too. Clay. Um, I, I definitely feel like um, the people around me are open to talking about sexuality um, in a way that, like, my parents and my family or my, my grandparents aren't really open to talking about. Um, and even, like, my more conservative friends are more comfortable talking about sexuality, um, which, I mean, I think it does have to do with the generation for sure. Um, it's just, it, it kind of is becoming more normal, like, in my circles, and that's my experience. But I don't know if that's the same in um, more conservative circles. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I can definitely um, agree with that. I've definitely, I, I don't think I've ever had a point in my life where, you know, people were uncomfortable, my peers were uncomfortable talking about sex. Now, the way the ways that we talk about it may have changed, but I definitely feel like we're more open to discussing it, even though... When I was doing a little bit of research on the topic, a lot of studies show that we are engaging less in the activity, but we are willing to talk more about, I don't know, I guess what we like. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not. Yeah, I felt the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's like related to sex. Uh, always, but yeah, we are—we're definitely not getting married as much, <laughs> right? Yeah, I kind of noticed sorry, the same thing when I was researching. You know, I saw that millennials have fewer sexual partners than Gen X, and maybe um, engage in sexual activity are up the same as baby boomers. And I thought that that was really interesting, and so it kind of made me think a little bit about. Um, maybe what is in our environment that makes us, you know, maybe more comfortable speaking about it. And I think that it all comes back again to, like, technology and stuff because we have different ways that we can 
you know, express it, and then we have, you know, these, like, Facebook and stuff, and somebody will post things, and it's kind of like shock value has kind of diminished a little bit to where we're not really shocked about anything, and we just feel this openness to kind of communicate whatever we're feeling. I agree with you, Kylie. Yeah, because I don't want to sound weird, but I've definitely watched a lot of documentaries around sex culture and, like, um, whether it's, like, life of porn stars or just human sexuality, because they're all on Netflix, and I think that's made it a little more easier to talk about because more people can see it, more people can see it in their homes to get more comfortable with it and then discuss it. So I think technology has become a really key thing to making it easier to talk about their sexual identity. Yeah, and I definitely think that Netflix has a role in all of this too. I mean, just this week, they released a new show about one of the drag queens who performed on RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, like it was one of the main shows that they released in their queue this week. And um, I think a lot of people are going to be exposed more to drag culture and drag queens in general just because of that one show that's going to be on Netflix. I mean, they have you know all kinds of documentaries too, but um, there's a lot of buzz around RuPaul's Drag Race right now. Yeah, have you guys noticed on Netflix, um, a lot of the shows and stuff that they have are very, some of them have, like, very sexual undertones, you know, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of, um, you know, not just, like, male and female relationships, but they have, like, trans relationships and, and um, you know, other types of, you know, relationships that are not unconventional, but differing away from, like, what the, I guess, quote-unquote norm used to be. And so I know whenever I'm watching something on Netflix, like, I always have this really, like, you never know what you're going to watch or, like, what you're going to mm-hmm. see. And it's very, like, inclusive to everyone. And I think that that's really awesome yeah. to you. I agree. Because I remember I love Orange is the New Black. And um, I remember that there was a specific scene in it, and I won't talk about it because it was probably the explicit, but um, it was, like, a major moment for lesbians because it was being inclusive also with the actress um, I can't remember her name right now Laverne Cox being on there like being a trans woman and I just love it I think that was a great way to kind of introduce to the general populace that might not interact with um, people who identify that way that they're you know they're in mainstream media now and it can become normalized in a way that not not as much as a shock. Right. And I think that it's so cool that a lot of these people that we see like directing shows and stuff like they were writers and now they're trying to make shows more representative of the people who are writing these stories or the cultures who influence a lot of the plots behind these stories because the LGBT culture has always had a big influence on fashion and styles and entertainment and oh, yeah. language and slang that we use and to see it making its way into the mainstream and to see them getting their platform finally, you know, like there's always going to be plenty of work that we could do, but I do think that this is a great time for us to start making our media representative of 
the communities who are going to be watching it and experiencing those things. Yeah. Oh, man. My, my apologies, y'all. I've been uh, over here screening calls. I had a, a one caller, but they, they, they just dropped. I was trying to bring them on air. But, um, yeah, to, to chime in a little bit uh, from uh, just that brief uh, explanation that I just heard, uh, let me ask then, uh, what is what does it mean to be um, part of this community, the LGBTQIA uh, community? What does it like? What's the qualifications? What is the wait? Could you could you voice that question again? Okay, so so I'm trying to understand uh, the community that we're that we're talking about. Um, I'm trying to understand uh, what does the individual have to do in order to be part of the community? Um, well, it's, it's a matter of their, uh, pretty much their, their sexuality, um, and, okay. uh, what, what they prefer sexually, which is, um, in the sexual minority of the rest of society. So it's not like the traditional heterosexual relationship. It's pretty much anything that is outside of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understood. Now, I I think that in terms of, I know we spoke of it being on television uh, and it being introduced. In terms of it, that uh, type of idea being introduced to television, which is mass media, you know, I believe it is very confusing, especially for uh, children who are constantly sitting in front of the television, you know, to be taking in this information that uh, they have uh, alternatives to sex when they don't even know what sex is at this moment, you know, and to be, I think it is kind of cruel to be introducing that um idea to them at such a young age, but as stated before in the system that we live in, I believe confusion is the fuel to, uh, that motivates, you know, and that, uh, that allows the system to move forward, you know, and this seems to me to be another act by the system in order to create mass confusion. The individual is born a male and they have uh, the opportunity to completely transform themselves to create an appearance that they look like a female, but they're actually still a male, you know, or vice versa with a female uh, wanting to be a man, you know. And I think deeply about it as it refers to those communities that are non-white, specifically the black community where, uh, they are constantly uh, in impoverished positions, you know, and it seems that in a, in this system that a black male can never truly ascend to be a man in this system, and a black woman can never truly ascend to be a a, 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 a woman in this system. You know, either you're going to be boy or girl. And then, and now the alternatives has come that, oh, if you don't want to be a boy, then you can grow up and be a woman for the male. And for the women, for the female, you can grow up and be a man. So 
I say to say that it seemed to be a, a ploy to build confusion. Mal- Malcolm, Malcolm, why do you think it's cruel for the media to introduce these ideas to young children? Because, Is it because okay. you think it's the job of the parents to introduce oh, no. those concepts? I think, I think before we can even <clears throat> provide, teach uh, kids, well, I think first of all, Sex is between a male and a female. A male and a female, no difference between nature as we watch the laws of nature around us. A, 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 a doe will want a male uh, deer, you know, a male cat wants a female, a female cat, and so on throughout nature. You also look at plant life and it moves from the same way. And that, was, and that is what production is all about. In, uh, that is what I consider sex, um, and that's just all logic. Now, when I'm speaking, when I look at uh, the human race and I begin to examine, you know, the movements and the ideas that are going about, I also think that, well, I think that uh, when introducing uh, what sex is, um, that same concept that is shown throughout nature should be presented. You know, and I think. Uh, uh, Malcolm, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me now? Uh, no. It's like real bad. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, choppy. Kind of How about now? That's yeah, you're good. Still, still choppy. Oh, well, what I was trying to say is that I think that student, the kids are extremely uh, young to even understand the concept of what sex is, and they're already being presented with alternatives to sex. Oh, if you don't like girls, young boy, you can like a boy. A boy is young girl, you can just like a girl, you know? And I so think what about, is, what about, I think what about the children, what about the children who are really experiencing like, feelings for people who are the same sex or they truly don't feel like they um, are the gender that they were assigned at birth, like those children. Like, How are they supposed to make sense of any of that if we're not, if we're not educating them at that early age, like they need to know as soon as possible so that they don't, you know, experience as much hardship around their identity, even if their parents are not supportive of it, and especially if their parents are not supportive of it. Okay, so now, we, now we're talking about education, and we're talking about uh, them being influenced by this system who uh, constantly perpetuated that idea that this is something that they can take on. It was, it was that idea that uh, was uh, set in their mind from, the things that they have seen around them. So it was their environment, you know, that brought that idea. And their environment can also change that idea that's in their mind. You know, uh, if those individuals have uh, parents who are not uh, in support, in support of them, then those same individuals, uh, <laughs> like just like anybody else, they have a choice. They have a choice to continue on the path that they're on or, or follow, you know, whatever their parents are saying. Yeah, but some of them don't know that they have that choice. 
And they think that the only choice presented to them is the one that their their parents are giving to them. That their sexuality okay. is the one that's assigned to them at birth. Right. It might. But it, I do. I but do get but what that's you're what I'm saying. saying. About education system. But no, and the no, role no, no. That the education system plays in all of this. Because it is no, a I'm debate. That it's all confusing at the end of the day. I'm saying it's all confusion. Like the fact that me and you are having to go back and forth about a child is born a a, a boy. Born uh, at birth is a male, and it's obvious that is that he is a male. Um, and later on in life, he is conflicting whether if he is a male or if he is a female. You know, and later on, it may be or if he is a if he is a dog. Maybe he doesn't identify himself with a a female anymore. That's the thing of the past. I'm a dog now. Then it's going to be how can so you try you- to tell this young man to not be a dog? <laughs> That he's not Do you a dog. Not view he's the system though that women are supposed to stay women and men are supposed to stay stay men as a system of oppression because I think that's brought upon this whole mm-hmm. boys will be boys phenomenon which has been in the media so I'm saying you think this is a system of confusion but do you not see the system of oppression where men can only act like men and be masculine and women can only be feminine no, I'm not saying that. that what I'm saying. Hello? Say it again. Is that is that not a system of control as well? No, what I'm saying is uh the attributes or the characteristics that a woman may have as far as uh uh being what you would consider masculine in in my in my thoughts of, of somebody being masculine, you're saying that they are uh, are, are you saying this? It's in their physical or in their um, their actions that they seem to have leadership no. traits. Or, okay, so so those those traits does not define an individual as being a part of this community. You know, that's why I asked in the beginning, what does which, uh, individual need to which to, to do? To, well, the, the L G B. Yeah, yeah. So if a parent, if a, if a person looks uh, masculine, then that that makes them part of that community. Um, so you can look masculine, but not identify as a male, and still be okay. a part of the community. Okay, okay. So I, at once again, it's all it, once again, it's all confusion. So to answer your question. No, I'm not saying that uh, uh, boys are going to be boys or mm-hmm. girls are going to be girls, and because girls are going to be girls, they have to be lesser than uh, lesser than males. Um, what I'm saying is that what that person is born at birth, what it, whether they where they are a boy when they were born or a girl when they are uh, when they are born, then that's who they are. No, no, no doctor treatment or surgery can change that for them. You know, now the, when I'm speaking of the system, I'm saying the system brings confusion by providing these uh, different alternatives and making people actually believe that these things can, uh, these surgeries and these procedures can change, you know, who they are. Like, nobody on this phone call right now, nobody on this phone call, even if y'all try right now, even if y'all try in your minds, could turn it, could, 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 could transform into a duck. 
Y'all always going to be a human. I don't care how many times y'all sit on this phone and y'all quack. You're going to be a human, and that's just uh, that's just logical. See, in, that, in this instance, I feel like you're com- conflating two different issues. Like, yes, we know that we could never turn into an animal, but that's completely different from whether or not you feel like, as a human being, the feelings that you feel or the perception that you have of who you are as an individual can change. Like, as people, as humans, we evolve. Period. We change our taste in food. We change lots of things about ourselves. We aren't. There is no homogenous form of humanity. And even in nature, there are animals that take on feminine and masculine character or characteristics and attributes that just, just because they are born a certain way, it doesn't mean that that way, that that appendage is going to define how that species or that that individual, whatever species it is, makes it through life. And I feel like the confusion that you're talking about comes in the way that we were educated about sexuality and what it means to identify ourselves. We were taught that we could only identify ourselves in certain ways. And so now that we've moved into an age where people have found other ways to define how they identify themselves yes there's going to be confusion because we were told there was no other way that these are the set things that it can be and if you want to be something else outside of that that's wrong you can't be that but i don't know like as who's a person, providing been oppressed okay. to, hey, to say I that you can oppress here real quick we need to go ahead and take a commercial break so if we have any listeners out there that want to call in and join in the conversation the number is 917 8078 and we will pick up when we get back. Gun violence is a major issue in America. It seems like there is a shooting somewhere in this country every single day. Even our schools and churches are no longer sacred and safe from gun violence. In fact, Gun violence affects every facet of American life on our jobs, in our movie theaters, at public gatherings, and in other random settings. It has gotten to the point that many have become apathetic and have accepted gun violence as a normal part of life and don't have any hope of things ever changing. That's totally unacceptable. The gun violence has to stop. But it will not stop unless we get involved and demand that our leaders take action to implement measures to ensure the safety of our children in our schools and the safety of all Americans from gun violence, wherever they may be. That's why the CWR Talk Network is presenting the special town hall event, The Stand Against Gun Violence, on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. We have assembled an expert panel with the knowledge and experience to examine this issue from a variety of perspectives and to offer listeners information and advice on how to significantly reduce gun violence in America and make our schools, homes, workplaces, and lives safe from gun violence. Listen to this very important event 
live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Visit our website at cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV for more information. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. Stand with us to put an end to gun violence. Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. It's not just cliches. It's more than a slogan. It's our identity as America's voice for championing important causes and issues like reading literacy. Host and producer Joanne Burrow tackles this issue in a number of ways on her show, Read, Read, Read. The first and third Saturday of each month, 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time. Read, Read, Read is more than a program. It is an initiative started by Ms. Burrell to attack the problem of reading literacy and reading proficiency with the ultimate goal of expanding the program to include mentors to help students with not only reading skills, but also life skills. She also invites interesting guests to come on her program to discuss their challenges with reading as well as their joy and appreciation of reading. Some of the guests are authors who discuss their books and offer their insight into the importance of reading and being good readers. Join Joanne the first and third Saturday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time for Read, Read, Read exclusively on your network for causes, issues, and life empowerment, the CWR Talk Network. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. call-in number again in case anyone wants to call in and join in the conversation, 917-889-8078. And before the break, um, we were kind of touching on um, sexuality and whether or not a person um, should be exposed to it at a young age. 
So does anyone want to pick up with where we were left off? I know a couple people were speaking when we had to break for commercial, so I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to, to get your thoughts out there. I'll just yeah, say so that as a – oh, never mind. Go, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay, Sandra. Yeah, you go. I was just going to say that as a person who has, like, come from a community that has been historically oppressed and discriminated against and who has had, like, we've had parts of our culture that we haven't been able to express. We had our language our languages, our religions, everything stripped from us and told us that that's not the natural way of being. So just coming from that background and having an understanding of how the education that we receive about who we are allowed to be in and of itself can lead to confusion, it's hard for me to tell somebody else what they can and cannot be or what, or that's what they're doing is not okay because I come from a community that has experienced that historically. And I guess just my my experience fighting for that made it to where I can't I can't put that same thing on another community just so that I can stand on top of them. I just I can't do that. Yeah. That's understood. Yeah, I, I've also <clears throat> right. I've often wondered about the role that education has to play in all of this and whether or not they should even be teaching children about the concept of gay and lesbian and uh, bi and trans and all of the terms for all of that stuff. And um, I went back and forth and I thought, you know, for the longest time that it was the role of the parents um, to introduce these terms on their own time to their children um, but I grew up in a household um, that was not open to my sexuality in any way. And so after I came out to myself, um, it was a few months before I even came out to my own family because they were hostile toward um, anyone who was gay, really. Um, and I just thought, like, if I had been introduced to that more um, through my education and had been told by more people early on that it was okay, um, I think I would have come to that conclusion about myself a lot sooner and not just two years ago. Um, so, yes, in my personal opinion, I do think that children should be educated about the different types of sexuality just so they don't have to struggle with it so much um, during their childhood. I also think it allows for diversity and openness too. So kids at a young age do not learn to discriminate against people like that. So if they're aware that their friends are identifying that way, they can be more open-minded about, you know, not putting judgment and blame on them that they're different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I watched a little boy get bullied at a school carnival the other day because he had long, just because he had long hair. So they just assumed that he was gay and identified as a boy and a girl. And they were relentlessly teasing him about that. And he had nobody that he could talk to. So it's already, their parents may have already put their own ideals into the minds of those kids over what sexuality means. You don't even necessarily yeah. have to get it from the media. So yeah. they have it coming from all angles, every 
like they they might have a gay uncle and they don't know just because I grew up with a gay uncle. I knew what gay was because I had gay people in my family. It had nothing to do with what was on TV, even though there was a Powerpuff Girls character that was definitely questionable. But it was just, I, those were, that, that was who I grew up around. My friends that I grew up with were a part of that community. So, whether or not I saw it in the media, I was gonna be exposed to it. See, I'm not I'm yeah. not even I, I'm not saying that people are not gonna be exposed to it. They're gonna be exposed to it daily because that's how the listen, this this is a well organized and global system that I speak of and when excuse me, when it moves to uh on this when it's moving to like hit different things on this agenda, you know. It is doing it uh, in a way that they feel to be more effect, most effective, you know. And I believe this is part of the agenda. One used to use the term to divert, I mean, um, mm-hmm. um, diversity, you know. What are we diverting from and diverting to? In order to do what, you know? And it's so my something that is, it's some. Oh, um, real quick. That I had to ask, like, is this an improvement of what's already been done? Is it an improvement? If it's not an improvement, then why are we uh, 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 so in uh, involved in supporting it? I think that and, we have to think about the fact that. I mean, I personally, I feel like people are born that way, and they're born, they're born mm-hmm. who they are. And I think that at a young age, I don't necessarily think that people should be throwing out sexuality to people, but I feel that even on a man-woman relationship, I feel like nowadays we're forcing kids to grow so mm-hmm. old, mm-hmm. so fast now that we need to kind of preserve a little bit of innocence. But when that does happen and kids are exposed to it, I think that they need to be educated on how different people are because we are a diverse society and that's one thing that makes our society beautiful is the fact that we have different types of people and they shouldn't be ashamed to be a certain way. So I think once they start to ask questions, it's something that they kind of need to be aware of because you don't want to you don't want to watch someone live their life for so long because they're ashamed of who they are, who they truly are. And I like I I mean, I'm not personally gay, but I feel like I would I would personally feel like I had 20 or 30 years taken from me if I had to act like I was something I wasn't because I wasn't mm-hmm. educated on how I may feel. I mean, that's black. That's now that's black people in America. Like, <laughs> hey, that's how they, that's how it is. They we move around here having these things taken away from us, trying to portray somebody that we not. You know, and now like, don't, you feel like don't you feel like we should learn from our mistakes, though? Oh, the one at a time, please. One at a time. Why are you saying that it's okay for black people to feel that way, but not this LGBTQ community? Why am I saying it's for black people to feel what? Uh, that... Oppressed, uh, like Shandrea said, having their rights taken away, their identities. Why are you saying it's not okay for this community to feel the I'm same not saying, way? That I'm not saying. Okay. okay, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's okay for that to happen to anybody. <laughs> you know, 
oppression is oppression, but when it comes when it comes to presenting uh, to individuals uh, about uh, sexuality and alternatives alternatives to sexuality, uh, I believe that that right there is a part of the confusion that this system is fueled off of. So don't get my words twisted where I'm saying it's okay for one. Uh, that it happens for one, but it's okay for another. No, it's not okay for anybody. But as a person who feels like they've been oppressed, don't you feel like we should be more open to the way that others feel so that we're not in turn doing that to another group of people? Because we do, we have a lot of work to do in general with everything. We have a lot of work to do. So why wouldn't we just kind of open up that dialogue and let people be free to be who they are and instead of creating another mess, essentially? This what what that's what I'm saying. To 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 go along with this agenda, to push to go along with this agenda is to be uh on the same side as that of that oppressor that y'all speak of. You understand that it because that agenda is providing confusion. And if you argue with the confusion or you against the confusion, you know, and I believe that I am against the confusion. So do you, who do you think is the, who, what system do you think this agenda is a part of? Because to my understanding, racism, that community is losing their rights too. We we live in a system of racism. But but they're also being stripped of their rights too, like they are being stripped of things. So if the system is taking things away from them, how can they take things away but also push confusion? I don't understand. Then you don't understand the system. Well, if you could you clarify that for me? Like what, what you mean? Because if they can say you can't get married and you can't be recognized under the law, you can't get these benefits from your partner that you've been with from your life throughout your life after they die. Like if they're they're blocking their rights, how are they also pushing an agenda? Because I feel like the confusion that they're pushing, if anything, is that we're still telling you we can you can only be what you were born as, like that's the only thing that I see the system. But they, as but they provided the, the information that you, order. But they, they provided the information that that you can be something other than a boy or a girl. How did Why that, is that what bad what thing, Malcolm? To, if it doesn't affect you, if it's so someone how, else's how life that is being with someone else, why is that a bad thing to you? If it's not okay, affecting it, the way you live your life. Okay, so this is this is a, a conversation where individuals are putting in their their thoughts and their ideas, and I'm not saying what they are doing is affecting how I live my life. I'm just commenting on the confusion that is being provided to the masses. And I spoke on first the confusion dealing with students and children, you know, that are that are taking in this information, and it is affecting their lives. And since I am an educator, I'm concerned. So do you think that students are confused about their own feelings that they naturally feel every day, or are they confused once somebody is once somebody tells them, hey, you can't feel that, that feeling's wrong? Um, Where we, have have to ask we have to ask the student. You have to ask them what? That you question that she just asked me, how, how do you feel? 
Have I had conversations with my students? No. Are you having okay. direct questions, I mean, conversations about their sexuality, like Sean just said, of do you feel bad because you can't express yourself because you're being told to feel one way and not the other? I don't, but uh, can we just pause for a second? We have a caller in. We want to bring this person on the line. Awesome. Hey, caller, how you doing? What's your name? Pretty good. My name is uh, Norvell. Norvell, you have pretty good, man. Listen, you have a comment or a question you want to uh, pose to the group? Yeah, yeah, I had uh, pretty much a comment. Okay. I wanted to chime in on, you guys were talking about uh, education and if sexuality or the LGBT yep. community should be introduced to young children. I think children should be thought to be accepting and love any and everybody, no matter what they believe or, you know, kind of what they identify as. What I don't agree right. with is that sexuality should be introduced to anybody at, at a young age, whether they're heterosexual or, you know, like men or like women, because I feel like there, there needs to be a certain level of maturity before you start practicing mm-hmm. your sexuality. I, I think That's that always is a bad thing. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for your comment. No problem. That's definitely valid, and I felt the same way for a long time. Uh, but I'm still going to go back to saying that as a young gay boy, it would have been nice for someone to tell me that what I was feeling was totally valid and real. Um, and it would have been nice to not have to not have felt repressed for 20 years of my life before having to come out um, in you know at the age of 22 when I could have done it at the age of six or seven or something like that, or even sooner than that, you know, just to fully realize um, that what I was feeling, because I've had these feelings my entire life. I've had them since I was born and since I could even feel anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But for the longest time, every single person around me was telling me that what I was feeling was wrong and I just had to repress it and marry a woman one day. Um, and turn away from these dark feelings that weren't even real. So I'm still going to reiterate and say it would have been nice to even have one person within the education system or within my entire life, you know, when I was growing up, to come up to me and say, yes, Clay, you're gay and you feel this way and there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. I um I, with with the caller, I feel that there is a way that you can talk to kids about who they are without putting the idea in their head of what sex is and who it should be with. But I do as far as what you said, Clay, believe that you should always leave that door open for communication if your child has those feelings. Cuz I know in the yeah. black community I've had conversations with mothers who will shame their daughters for developing too early, like just for getting breasts and growing a figure. And they they will sexualize things like puberty, things that are beyond their kids' control, and will say that just because they look like that, that they are sexual beings. So I feel like introducing what is right and wrong about sex too early is 
it, it that's a very slippery slope because you don't want kids yes. to get the idea yeah. that they should be ashamed of themselves in any kind of way or that right. they should utilize those features to become more sexual. You know, like that's just a real slippery slope when they're when they are too young. But yeah, you should definitely leave that door open. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a balance. And it's just, yeah, yeah. every parent has to kind of take it into consideration. Okay, everyone, it looks like it's time to take another commercial break. I want to go ahead and leave the call-in number again. Uh, if anyone wants to call in with any questions or comments, 917-889-8078. Las Vegas shooting, Orlando nightclub, Virginia Tech, Santa Fe, Sandy Hook Elementary School School shooting. And the list of mass shootings in America goes on and on and on. If gun laws can't stop the gun violence in America, what can? Listen to the Stand Against Gun Violence, a special three-hour town hall event on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time, presented by the CWR Talk Network. We have assembled a panel of experts to discuss the impact gun violence has on our society and what all of us can do to help stop gun violence and mass shootings. Hear from some of those who have personally experienced the tragedy of mass shootings and why gun violence in America must be stopped. Stand with us as we fight to put an end to gun violence. Listen live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. For more information, visit our website, cwrtaltnetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic violence survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, making a difference about domestic violence and abuse. Shereen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shireen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time, exclusively on the CWR Talk Network. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. 
visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool. And by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are a strong advocate for life empowerment, like empowering a generation that has been grossly misunderstood and disparaged to shatter the misconceptions about them. No Sleep was created to give millennials a platform to express themselves and let the world know who they really are and what they believe, their values, interests, fears, and more. This is a diverse group gender-wise and racially that we are very, very proud of. We invite you to tune in, whether you are a millennial or not, and learn from these outstanding young people. Listen every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 7 o'clock p.m. Central for No Sleep, Shattering Millennial Misconceptions. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, If we have any callers that have been tuning in and you have any questions or comments, please feel free to give us a call at 917-889-8078. And before we went to commercial break, we were talking a little bit about sexuality and the LBGT community. And I have a question that you might think is a little dumb, but when we first started looking at it, I know for the longest it was the LBGT community, and then we added the QIA at the end. And I guess I was just wondering if any of you knew what queer means, because I think for the longest time we just called people queer that were gay. So I was just wondering if any of you kind of knew like a more in-depth meaning of what that was. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is this? It's basically um, an umbrella term for sexual and gender minorities who aren't heterosexual or cisgender, which means that uh, the gender assigned to them at birth fits their body. So it's the people who, when they were born, uh, their gender did not line up with their uh, their body. Okay. So they identify as queer. Uh, it, they, it, but, like, it can also be some people just refer to themselves as queer within the LGBT community because they don't, you know, they just don't want to be labeled one of, one of the other letters. They just think, you know, we're all just a part of the queer community. Um, so yeah, it, that's it, what it, also comes, it also comes down to preference as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That was what I was gotcha. thinking, but then I was like, we have a letter in there for it, so now I'm wondering if it has this underlying meaning that I don't understand. <laughs> but what is the I? <laughs> Intersexual, I believe. 
What is and that? Then it's sexual. <laughs> intersexual is like a person who's born with a combination of male and female biological characteristics. So okay. uh, they may have like a combination of like genitals and uh, chromosomes. And so mm-hmm. the doctors are not actually able to assign them a sex at their birth. So they just identify as intersexual. They're neither male nor female. Do they ever okay. get assigned to, do they ever get assigned to sex or like or like a hermaphrodite? Um I I don't know down the line. I actually have I don't think I've ever met anyone who's intersexual. Um so mm. I, I don't know like personal journey. Um mm-hmm. but I'm I'm sure maybe maybe down the road they might based on their preference decide to identify as a male or a female or they may just choose to identify as intersexual for the rest of their life. Hmm. Interesting. We gotta wrap up pretty quick, but I know that on the last few shows and when that we've talked about uh the elections and I know that yesterday in Arkansas I believe was the last day to register to vote. So how are you guys feeling about the elections or are you ready for midterms? I'm waiting for my absentee ballot. <laughs> So did they just mail it to you then? Yeah, so I had to send a request in before a certain date and then make sure all my information was up to date. And so I'm from Iowa originally, which is where I'll be voting. And um, I think Monday was the first day that early voting opened and that they'll send out uh, absentee ballots. Awesome. Chandra, I know you were about to say something. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I'm just ready to really try the midterms to get over with so that we can see what the country is going to look like moving forward. We are at, like, a very rocky time right now, and every vote is going to matter. So I'm just looking to see how the, I don't know, how the lines are going to be drawn after this midterm. And, Megan, I didn't know what an absentee ballot was until you explained it, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, um, I'm not a resident, a resident of Arkansas, which I think you can do depending on the rules. But in any state, if you've moved temporarily, um, you can still vote from your original permanent address. So if you ever move out of Arkansas but intend to come back, you can definitely vote absentee. So does that work if you're out of the country as well? Uh, actually, yes. Um, when In the 2016 election, I was out of the country in Colombia, and I was able to get an or submit my ballot through email um, and oh, wow. still get to vote. So you just have to make sure that the your county office knows that you'll be submitting an absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I didn't know any of awesome. that. <laughs> Me, personally, I just want it to be over. I'm just so tired of hearing about it 24-7, and I know that it's yes. a really big deal, and I'm excited <laughs> to vote, And just, but really, after I vote, I just want it to be done. <laughs> so we can mm-hmm. move forward, because I'm just tired of hearing about it. And everywhere you look, it's, it's everywhere. What about you, Malcolm? I don't even know what y'all voting on. Midterms. Midterms. Explain more. What is this? Is this 
What is this voting? What's taking place? I thought it's okay at once now. <laughs> so, like, this is a time when, like, Senate seats are up and congressional districts are up. And, like, oh, we can. <laughs> appreciate it. Now I understand. Mm. Yeah. That's, like, here we have yeah, the uh, oh, okay. elections, governor elections. Oh. We have full board and stuff here and everything coming up here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and okay. I think we have a couple of propositions out too, you know, for different types of projects and stuff that they want to fund. Most of the time to raise state taxes, but um, nah, that's not my cup of tea. So I probably won't be partaking in any votes. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Anybody else have anything? Exciting plans for the weekend. I have I an engagement party. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Yay. <laughs> well, go ahead, that are in Little Rock, are you oh. I was saying, those of you that are in Little Rock, um, are you going to the game? Oh. I didn't even know there was a game. <laughs> Y'all killing me. Oh. <laughs> I do not follow sports. <laughs> well, the Razorbacks are playing this at War Memorial Stadium on Saturday, so there'll be a college football game there. Oh, okay. I'll be there. No, I, <laughs> I totally forgot. I don't know. I'm still debating it. Not a real big football fan, for various reasons. Yeah, yeah. I like the atmosphere. I, I like concession really stand food. Oh yeah, same. It's so expensive though. They're proud of that. <laughs> All right, guys. I guess we are about out of time, so I want to go ahead and remind our listeners. That our show, you can listen to our past shows on blogtalkradio.com slash CWR Talk Radio. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So definitely go back and check out some of our past shows. You can leave comments, um, and we will definitely be here next week. So I guess everybody have a good night. Peace. All right. You too. <laughs>